I want to take you to Mark chapter 10. I want to read from verse 28 down through 30. I've entitled the message, The Gate is Still Straight. The Gate is Still Straight. I'm looking here at verse number 28. And let me give you the rest of that sermon title because uh, I didn't have it right here, but I have it written down over here. That's my basic thought. The gate is still straight, and it points to the cross. The gate is still straight, and it points to the cross. Verse number 28 in Mark chapter 10, it says, Peter began to say unto him, Lord, we have left all and have followed thee. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that hath left house, brethren, sisters, father, mother, wife, children, lands for my sake and the gospels. But he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time and in the world to come life eternal or eternal life. We've left all. And followed thee. I, I believe they did. They forsook their businesses. They forsook their families. When he called them. They responded. Amen. And when God speaks to our heart. Not just about salvation. We need to respond. And as our sister said. Not resist. Now. A little refresher here. The word gate. And somebody says, uh, Brother Lee, uh, what does that word gate mean? I like to always, uh, I'm using that thought this morning, the gate is still straight. Always like to go and find the definition of it. The word gate simply means an opening. It means a passageway, a door, an entrance. And the word straight means that it has no bends. No turns, no twists. It's neat and it's orderly. Peter said, Lord, we have left all and followed thee. Wherever you've gone, we went straight with you. And Jesus answered and said, yes, and you'll be rewarded now and in the world to come eternal life. Isn't it good to know that there is so much more than just material blessings? He doesn't deny his material blessings, but there are priorities, and we'll study that just a little bit here today. Go with me to John chapter 12. I I want to just share some scripture with you. John chapter 12, I thank God for the move of the Spirit this morning. I just felt it uh, upon everybody that's in the service today. What a wonderful spirit that would be to continue always to have everybody in the fellowship uh, just feeling the move of the Spirit. Now I want to look here in John chapter 12 at verse number 24. The Lord speaking and He says, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground... And die. 
it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He said, in this life, you'll receive a hundredfold. But he said, in the life hereafter, your life will never end. Boy, I can just see how uh, his word expounds unto us. When I look in verse 26, it says, if any man serves me, let him what? Let him follow me. Now look at this right here. We know the promise of the Holy Spirit. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. He said, if I go away, I'll send you the comforter. But look what he says, and we fail to realize this even in other verses. If any man serve me, let him follow me. For where I am, look here, for where I am, there shall also my servant be. Praise God. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now he begins to speak this in verse 27. Now is my soul troubled, but what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause came I unto this hour. Now we know this is the time of the year when many people celebrate uh the birth, the infant birth of Jesus Christ. Without a lot of controversy, we know that this is not the biblical time of Christ's birth. In fact, we do know for sure that no man really knows close, and there are biblical passages that would lead you to a different time of the year. But I'm not here to speak negative, as Dustin said, and I really like what Dustin said this morning, and I failed to bring this out. Often enough, we don't stand in condemnation of anybody. What gives us the right to condemn anybody for anything they do? Amen? Men, I've always preached, uh, make choices, those choices on their own as they read and share their Bible. But as I was saying, many this time of the year do honor the infant birth of Jesus Christ. But today... I want to just deal in this area. Now is my soul troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I into, unto this hour. He's speaking about the cross. So we know that he once was the baby. And we know that he grew into the man. And we know he went to the cross. Amen. There's where my uh, consideration is at today. I want to turn to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. And I want to look at uh, verse number 26. Mark 4 verse 26. He said in verse 26, So is the kingdom of God. For it's as if a man should cast seed into the ground. Verse 27, he should sleep, he would rise, should rise day and night, and that seed should spring forth and grow up, but he knoweth not how. It's like when he taught about the wind. That thought is the same. No man knows where the wind has come from. 
Amen? No man knows where the wind will go next. And when we talk about wind, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the Word of God here when he says unto him, it's like casting that seed into the ground. We don't know why it grows up. We don't know how it's supposed to grow up. But look what this verse says, and I love this verse. Verse 28. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself. That's what the earth does. That's how God designed the earth. It bringeth forth fruit of herself. First the blade, then the ear, and after that the full corn in the ear. Jesus was the baby. Jesus was the man. And Jesus was the way to the cross. Amen. And so when we see it, it all works in God's accordance. When you look at the Word of God, you, you need not be frustrated. There's things that's far over all of our heads we don't understand, but we do understand that God is the Word. Amen? We understand that His Word has value. And His Word performs. It doesn't always necessarily happen as we want to see or we expect to see it. But first, after that seed dies in the ground, goes through the process of death, the Bible says, then the first thing will be that you will see will be the blade. Then you will see the ear. And then you will see the full corn in the ear. You know what it does? It patiently grows and develops. Patiently grows and develops. Clayton, I remember when you was just about about that high. About right there. I got it. I remember when you was about that high. You was a young boy. Now, I didn't see you as a baby, but I saw you as a boy. But do you know what you'd begin to do? You begin to grow, and you begin to develop, and you have developed into a young man. Amen. You know what? In your faith walk, it works the same way. You begin to grow and you begin to develop. And then you can begin to walk in faith. We got so many things from the natural that it shows us how we can understand the spiritual. Now, I want to go to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. And I want to read a little bit here in this second chapter. The Bible says in verse 22, speaking of Mary, after she had the Lord Jesus, the Bible says in verse 2, when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him, Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy unto the Lord. Verse number 24, And they came to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord. A pair of turtle doves and two young pigeons. Now look at this in verse 25. For behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just, that means righteous and devout. And he was waiting for the consolation of Israel, 
and the Holy Ghost, the Bible says, was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed him and said, Mine eyes have seen thy salvation. He's talking to God. My eyes have seen the Savior, which thou hast prepared before the face of all of the people. Verse 32, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marvel at those things which were spoken of him, this child. Verse 34, and Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother. Now look at this, look at this. Behold, this child is set for the fall and the rising again of many in Israel or the church and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Okay? Many people, many people have stumbled at the stumbling stone which was Jesus Christ. Many people. But it does say that there will be a fall and there will be a rising again of many people. And I just want to touch on this just for a moment because this is in the same narrative as when she presented young Jesus uh, after the days of her purification. And the Holy Spirit was upon this just and righteous man. And he pronounced many words. But he said he also is for a sign which shall be spoken against. There is not one sign in the Bible... That has more, that is more spoken against than the sign that he is the Lord of the Sabbath day. I would ha ask you to use the rest of your life to try to find a sign that is more spoken against than him being not only Lord of the Sabbath, but him being your Sabbath blessing. Do you understand that? These were in the same, uh, same teaching when he's talking here. Now, let me, with that said, just drop down in verse number 39 because that's not my subject. And when they had performed all things according to the law of God, they returned into Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. Now watch this because we talked about the seed. Watch this. Verse 40. And the child grew. What does it mean? He grew. Waxed strong and filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. He had his childhood. Now the Bible doesn't mention any miracles that Jesus done during his childhood. I've heard people talk about it. I've heard people say things. Well, we don't know if that's right or wrong. The Bible's just silent about it. But we do know when uh, the day was fully come, he began to proclaim the kingdom and begin, begin to minister and do many great works. I want to drop over in verse 51. He went down and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. 
Do you know the children are to be subject unto their parents? Our sister said, I sure wish more people was here to hear this. Can you imagine when the preacher has preached for 40 years how many times he may have said it or a teacher teaching a class may have said that? All throughout, that's just part of natural life. We just wish more people could hear it and we've tried to do it in so many ways and by so many means. But I like the thought here that he was Jesus. He was the Savior of the world and yet the Bible says that he was subject unto his parents. Verse 52, and Jesus what? Increased in wisdom and what? He increased in stature and what? And in favor with God and man. That means he developed mentally. That means he developed physically. And that means he developed spiritually. He was God in the spirit and he was man in the flesh. The part that developed and increased was his flesh man. Now, there was something Jesus said when we first opened the scripture. When we talked about it. Yes, <laughs> when we talked, amen, when we talked about it, he, he talked about that, what he would have to do, and that is go the way of the cross. Now, let me share something with you. I'm going to take you away from the Bible. I wrote these little things like probably uh, 25, 30 years ago. Different people have asked me about them. I said, Billy, do you have those anymore? You used to always read them about this time of the year. But let me say this before I read them. I've searched and I've searched, and I'm 71 years old, but I still can't find a Christmas tree, doggone it, in the Bible. I can't find it there. But I want to share a few things with you. This was a little poem I wrote some years ago. Hopefully it'll bless you. Oh, Christmas tree, oh, Christmas tree, many like to hug you. We can thank the Catholic Church who taught us how to love you. I know we shouldn't cut you down, Christian, saint, nor sinner. I guess your curse to them who do is to prick them with a cinder. Good luck, little tree, so green, so young, so tender, to them that pay the price to stick you in their winter. Green, then brown, your limbs no longer tender, happens every year, the month we call December. If you'd like a copy of that, you can have a copy of that. Now I have a question for Santa. Oh, Santa Claus, oh, Santa Claus, so jolly red and round, how you keep that fur so white, tis after all chimneys you go down, must be the miracle of Christmas, a magical spirit doth prevail. Though I'm not a Christian, Christmas convert, if I lie, I'll go to hell. Rudolph, toys, girls and boys, tinsels, trees with lights, still my burning question, how you keep that fur so white? I've heard with elves you make the toys, girls for girls and boys for boys. Just a, just a note, society's changing. The bells on trees aren't all that's swinging. Dads with dads and moms with moms, such a mixture and a squeezing. Tis been said he is the reason, songs with rhymes like tis the season. 
Guess I'll close for this dark night. Dad and Dad just turned out the light. My only question, please answer right, how you keep that darn fur so white? Just a few little things. Now, (laughs) one last thought and we'll get right back into the Bible. I've seen so many marquees and so many signs, and you do know that I, I believe what the Bible says. Amen? No condemnation, no, no anything. Just I believe what the Bible says. And I can't remember whether this was a Pentecostal assembly or what kind of an assembly it was, but on their marquee it said, without Christ there is no Christmas. And I said no to myself. Without the Catholic Church and Walmart, there would be no Christmas. And believe this or not, last year I was down on the south side of Tulsa and I saw this. A homeless man had a sign and he was telling everybody, have a Merry Christmas. What was so amazing about that is this, the homeless have gone commercial at Peoria and the Skelly Bypass. You know how I feel about that. The Lord says, God said, I've never seen my children begging bread. Amen? Doesn't mean there's not outlets for people, but uh, just a little something I thought I might share with you. I want to go to Matthew chapter 7 real quick. Matthew chapter 7. In the 13th verse of Matthew chapter 7, I've entitled the message, The Gate is Still Straight. That means the way unto the Lord is still just as straight as it was. You know, I could spend some time on some other areas to back that up, but we won't have that much time this morning. He said in verse 13, Enter in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. Peter said, Lord, we've, we've left everything. We've forsaken everything. Jesus said, you will be rewarded in this life for following me. And he said, in the life to come, it will be endless, bless God. But he said in verse 15, beware of false prophets which come in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are raving wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. He says in verse 17, every good tree which bringeth forth good fruit, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. He said in verse 18, A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast in the fire. Wherefore, by their fruit shall you know them. And look what he says. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord. Now here's something that I've always noticed, and most preachers have written about it in most all books. And, and it's, it's a little different here. And I think you could probably figure out the reason. But the largest time for attendance in most churches happens twice a year. 
Christmas and Easter. And then most people, amen, and most people go about their own ways after that. Is that right, Clayton? It sure is. <laughs> Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But look at this. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Now, something that I find real interesting in the Bible is this. The cross, there's nothing more important than the cross. Yet the Bible doesn't have a lot to say concerning the cross itself. I just want to go to Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. I'm bringing this to a close. Luke chapter 14. And uh, I want to share just a passage of scriptures there. Uh, One verse. Luke 14 verse 27. And whosoever doth not what? Bear what? His cross. Now, you've got to put your thinker on just a minute. Is that talking about the cross that Jesus died on? No. It's our cross. A lot of people don't like to think about the cross in a sense of having anything else to do whatsoever uh, pertaining to being saved. Whosoever doth not bear his cross, his own cross, and come after me cannot be, he said, my disciple. The Lord gives us a lot of leeway and a lot of liberties. Amen. I've said it so many times. He doesn't force us to believe anything. He lets us choose from his word or whatever it might be. And do you know God honors that? Doesn't mean the blessings come with it, but He honors that. How does He honor it? He lets you make that decision. Aren't you glad you're not a programmed robot in this thing? But God lets you choose. And you can make any of the choices you want. I want to close with Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. I've kind of enjoyed this today because I wrestled with this, wrestled with this, wrestled with this. I said, Lord, you know, we haven't been having much of an attendance. And I, I seem to think I know why. But I don't know everything. I don't know the ins and the outs. I don't know all of this thing. I just know the devil's real. Amen. I know he fights against every one of us. He fights against the choices and the decisions that we make. I want to look at one verse only, and that is Mark chapter 8 at verse 34. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples, so it wasn't just for his disciples, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So my closing thoughts would be this. Have you forgot to carry your cross lately? We all do that sometimes. A little word here. His death was for our salvation. But our death is also necessary to the process. We must search for the cross he set aside for us to carry. Among all, this was said some years ago. 
I think it was A.W. Tozer said this many years ago, back in probably the 18, late 1800s, maybe the 1900s, among all, and believe this or not, among all the plastic saints, somebody says, well, wait a minute, it had to be a little bit later than that because they didn't know. I, I was surprised that so many things happened even in the early 1900s that I, you know, I thought, uh, you know, was impossible. So I don't know what the idea was. But anyway, I know he was a real uh, early uh, minister back years ago. Among all the plastic saints, it was once asked why Jesus has to do all the dying. Yeah, he had to die for us at the cross for salvation and redemption. But way back many years ago, the thought was, why Jesus, why does Jesus have to do all the dying? Simply put, we'd love for there to be another way. Most people would. We'd love for there to be another way. Can I say this to you? No one forced him to do it. And no one forces you to do it. And the last thing. Before he took up his cross. His words were. Take up your cross. And follow me. Amen. I want to thank you for coming out this morning. Because uh, we've been fortunate. We haven't had a lot of snow and ice, and we will have some snow and ice. And, and God only knows we need some rain, and God will give it. He rains down his rains as he, as he sees need. Certainly there is a lot of need all over the United States. Things aren't happening as good uh, rain-wise, sometimes way too much, sometimes far too little. But uh, we're going to see some things, and so we're going to have to be aware on the streets. We're going to have to be aware uh, for one another and all of these kind of things. But can I say we have been blessed that God's give us. I remember just probably 15 years ago, me and Connie, uh, the week before Christmas. Now, you think about this. The week before Christmas, it hadn't even frosted enough to kill the grass. This is back when me and Daddy... Uh, and, 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 and a few others did the mowing for the church. And it was the last week before Christmas, and we loaded up our riding lawnmower, and we came to the church unloaded, and all of the front yard was still green. Still was green grass. We have been blessed this year. You can say, well, I can see the blessed, and I can see the not being blessed. Well, we're going to do that until this thing is all over. Amen? Stand with me this morning, those that can. We want to we be dismissed. I want to thank you again for coming. Father God, we want to bless you. We praise you for your word. We praise you for a little bit of humor. We praise you, Father God, for uh, how you have dealt with each and every one of us at this point in our life. And God, our main desire is, number one, to always let you know we're thankful that you took our place on the cross and we're thankful that you remind us to take up our cross on a daily basis and God to walk after you. These are the things we're most importantly thankful for. Uh, be with the sick and lift them up on this day. And God, send forth healing, send forth healing and send forth and meet all needs. We pray it today in the blessed name of Jesus. Amen.